0: listening to tall can audio i have something to say to you here's your host the issue here sir is that everyone fucking hates you matt robinson i don't know if everybody fucking hates me but kyle dubas fucking hates me just trying to enjoy a nice quiet monday evening some might call it a dry out kind of night after a, a summer weekend sunday podcast day occasionally there's a beverage or two you're just trying to sit here and enjoy yourself and he's got y'all fired up here we go uh impromptu episode of the talk audio podcast my name is matt robinson i don't yell and scream i don't jump up and down i don't do the dangle thing they'll power to him because he does it very well Uh, No doubt he'll have a video on this. Although, as he creeps into his mainstream media gig, he seems to be settling down a little bit. I'm not going to settle down. I'm not happy. There is no craft beer here today. This dry-out day has now got me holding a stiff double, at least, Bacardi, trying to comprehend what in the blue hell Kyle Dubas is doing. Toronto Maple Leafs acquire from the Ottawa Senators Matt Murray, a third-round pick next year and a seventh-round pick the year after, in exchange for future considerations. Which means usually means nothing. I have a feeling this year future considerations means that next summer, after Dubas has gone down in flames again, attached to Matt fucking Murray for some reason, that Pierre Dorian will agree to hire him on as his assistant. Make sure you hear that correctly. I did not say assistant GM. Because you can't possibly fucking trust somebody. Dorian's got to be going, I wouldn't let that guy make hockey decisions. He just took this on. Kyle Dubas will be getting Pierre Dorian his coffee, if this goes the way that it almost certainly will. Uh, Of course, should mention that the Ottawa Senators will retain 25% of Matt Murray's cap hit. Uh, That's the same amount that they were prepared to retain last week when they were trying to deal him to Buffalo, and he blocked that trade, and Buffalo was trying to get to the floor. Toronto's trying to get away from the cap and couldn't get them to keep more than 25%. There is a reason for that, I guess, if we're being reasonable. Like every contract that the Ottawa Senators have signed over the last, I don't know, decade at least, it's backloaded. Lots of teams, teams like the Leafs, who I used to think made smart trades, uh, front load these contracts. You pay out all the money that you can so that later on, if it's not panning out, when you trade it away, the actual cash remaining is lower than the cap it and your bottom feeders like the Arizona Coyotes and, well, I would have said Ottawa Senators, but apparently they're running our show right now, uh, are more willing to take on that uh, that contract. This one, backloaded. Because old Uncle Eugene didn't like to pay anybody. Let's try this for a year or two, and we'll see in a couple of years if someone else will pay for it. Well, someone else will. Enter your Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't get it. I don't understand. Because at 25% retained by the Ottawa Senators, the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be paying this guy over $4.6 million for the next two years. Either that or they'll have $4.6 million in LTIR space when this guy gets hurt three games into next season. Look, I'm not happy. This is a terrible idea. I'm getting texts and tweets and whatever from people going, you know, there's a chance this might pan out. He's been good in the past. And yeah, there is a chance. But this is not the time that the Toronto Maple Leafs can be taking chances. In theory, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup right now. You weren't willing to roll the dice on Peter Mrazik. You went through with what I would have considered the heist of the century to get rid of him, to the Blackhawks, retaining nothing, and only having to move back 13 spots in the draft. I was back on the Dubis train in a big way. And you turn around and you give more than Peter Mrazik's $3.8 million dollars? To a goalie who is arguably less reliable right now? This is baffling. Honestly, I don't understand what the thought process here... Uh, Unless it's no more complicated than, well, we knew him like a decade ago when he played for the Greyhounds, he seemed okay then. I keep reading that the Leafs have someone on staff as well who still skates with him during the summer and knows what it might take to fix him. The biggest mistake... That general managers make across this league is assuming, ah, the other team is bungling this. I can fix them. If we get them in here, we'll fix them. We're smarter than everybody else. And for a long time, I believed Kyle Dubas was smarter than most other NHL general managers, and I am strongly reconsidering that right now. At least when it comes to goaltenders. Because, like I said, he committed a miracle last week by getting rid of Peter Morazek. You brought him in a year ago. So maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs are just shit at evaluating goaltenders. Remember when they went out the deadline last year and got David Riddick? I understand that was for depth because, like, everybody was hurt. But it's not like that panned out particularly well either. He did not look good in his limited action in Toronto. We can go through any number of goaltenders over the last however many decades. Not all of those are Kyle Dubas' fault, but, man, we have been through some shit. And you just signed up for some more in a year where you claim to be contending. Our pal Sixth Sense, who will be on the podcast on Thursday morning, Graham Nichols, he tweeted out that uh, Matt Murray has two years left on his deal. So does Austin Matthews. You got to have a huge set of balls to tie any future playoff success that Austin Matthews may enjoy before you have to convince him to stay here to Matt goddamn Murray. I, I just, you know what? I, as I try and rationalize it, and I'm seeing it now, I'm scrolling through Twitter, I'm seeing people go, you know, the high danger save percentage wasn't bad, and, you know, when he did play last year, there were moments he looked pretty good. He has been trending downwards for three years. I woke up this morning, and uh, like many of you, I saw on Twitter, I believe it was Friedman who said that this was getting closer. And I spent the day digging through the analytics and the advanced statistics, trying to figure out, what is this guy? Can I somehow get there? And this, at that point, is in my head, Toronto's getting 50% of his contract only. You're going to pay this guy somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million, $3 million. All right, is he serviceable at $3 million? Is this a worthwhile risk at $3 million? It would leave you some room to maybe go out and bring in another guy to tandem this situation with Matt Murray. Um, You know, what's out there? But in theory, in my head, I'm texting people earlier in the day and last night going, I need probably double retention here, right? Ottawa's going to have to eat a huge chunk of this. Maybe a third team's got to come in and eat a huge chunk of this. I'm not interested in Matt Murray at $3 million, maybe at $2 million, you know, maybe it's a risk you can take because it leaves you room to go get someone else to tandem with him. Someone capable, someone competent, someone who's not hurt constantly. And so I did. I started trying to justify this to myself. Like I said, I'm looking through the statistics and I, there, are, there are things there that make you go, you know what, I, maybe, maybe. But not when you only get Ottawa to hold on to 25% of that. No one else takes any more of it, and you're stuck with this guy at $4.6 million? You're balking at Jack Campbell at $5 million, but rolling the dice on Matt Murray at four point six. Are you serious? You haven't heard me on this podcast jumping up and down that the Leafs should be super pumped to give Jack Campbell 5 times 5. That makes me incredibly nervous. Super inconsistent, Had a decade of poor play, like a year and a half of pretty good play, but even there, there's injuries mixed in. There's dark stretches where it's not very good. I'm not in love with the idea of of giving that guy five point five or five million dollars or whatever times five years. But to paint that as ridiculous and barely even being negotiating with this guy, but yeah, all right, we could. I guess we could do four point six to Matt Murray. I, there's just no logic here. You didn't even get it low enough that you could go out and maybe find another two or three million dollar guy to tandem with. You don't have the money for that. Like this would almost be forgivable if instead of future considerations you sent like Justin Hall back. And I don't hate Justin Hall. He's a capable defenseman. He had a terrible start to the season. He was much better later on. He was fine in the playoffs. But you're trying to find room for Rasmus Sandin to play. You're trying to find minutes for Timothy Liljegren to play. At least that would have cleared on top of, you know, the 25% that Ottawa did eat. If they took back $2 million on Justin Hall, you go, yeah, all right. Like maybe it's freed up some space. We do have room now to go get another goalie to play with these guys. But you didn't even do that. It's very difficult for me right now to sit here and believe that there is some other ace up his sleeve that is going to make this all look okay. And he just hasn't really earned that lately. I don't understand what this move was about, what you were trying to accomplish. And frankly, it looks to me right now, it looks like you got fleeced by Pierre Dorian. And that should never happen. You're supposed to be the one doing the fleecing. When I tweeted or traded texts with Rob on Sunday night... When this rumor first floated, I said, this is only fun when it goes the other way. When we're sending what's left of Dion Phaneuf or Nikita Zaitsev to Ottawa. We're not supposed to take this stuff back from Ottawa. As I'm sitting here right now, my Apple Watch is going insane on my wrist with texts and tweets. And a lot of it is from friends of mine who are Sens fans. And they don't reach out to me like this when they're feeling bad. When they think they got wrecked by Big Blue down the highway. They're giddy right now. They are loving this. It's not a good sign if you're a Leaf fan. I just... Guys. All I was looking for was guaranteed league average every night. I wasn't interested in getting involved with Darcy Kemper, 6 times 6 who I think is probably the best goalie available right now just won a Stanley Cup, did not always look fantastic doing it. I said I wasn't that interested in Jack Campbell at five times five. We talked about that earlier. Just find me a guy who's okay every night. The Leafs, for a large chunk of last season, had absolutely atrocious goaltending. Some of it while Jack Campbell was playing terribly, some of it while he was out injured and they still finished with 115 points. We've said it over and over on this show, the Leafs don't need a game-breaking goaltender. They certainly don't need to pay someone like they're a game-breaking goaltender if they're not one. You go out, you find an average guy who's going to be just fine, and this team has been good enough for that to be enough. If you weren't willing to gamble on Peter Mrazek. Why are you willing to gamble on this guy? The one thing that is redeeming about it, aside from, I get it, he's got the history with the Greyhounds crew, and uh, he's uh, he's got a couple cup rings. It was forever ago, and he needed help from the other goalie to get there. He didn't play either of those playoff runs in their entirety on his own. The one thing that is redeeming about this in comparison to a Darcy Kemper or a Jack Campbell is if you're going to make a crazy-ass gamble, I'd rather make it on money than on term. This is short, but it does line up right in the bloody middle of your window of trying to contend. That's where it doesn't make sense. Like I said, maybe a three and a half million, maybe a two and a half million, and you go find someone else, and you roll the dice, and you see what's left. Not a four point six million. I, I, there's nothing here. It's just, it's just, it's a bad trade. Like I said, I've seen everybody online trying to find the the silver lining. It might. I don't know what the odds are. You can decide that for yourself. There is a possibility that he gets to Toronto. I won't preclude this. And his staff work with him, or their staff work with him, and he gets healthy. And, you know, they're largely happy with what's happened. And he plays fine. That possibility does exist. I just think it's a way smaller possibility than it's just more of what we've seen over the last three years. He has been trending in the wrong direction. I don't get this. It's a bad move. It's a bad idea. It's a bad risk. It's one you didn't need to take. There are other guys out there that are far less risky I hope there's more to this than well he used to be a greyhound, but quite frankly, Dubas deserves all the Sault Ste Marie jokes that are coming his way right now. At least throughout the summer until we see what this looks like in the fall. Four point six million dollars for for Matt Marie for the next two years. I it's it's just it's bad. It's it. I could sit here, I could pound it into the ground, I could come up with all kinds of other reasons to be upset or to look for silver linings. First blush, it's a bad trade. Shouldn't have done it. You can hardly even call it a trade. We didn't give up anything. Ottawa passed this problem down the highway and we were like, cool, we'll take it. Not like we're trying to win some shit. It's brutal, guys. Graham Knuckles is here Thursday morning. We'll talk about all the other news going on throughout the hockey world. That'll also be... Uh, you know, just past the opening of NHL Free Agency, so hopefully we'll have seen some big moves there. Probably not any more out of the Leafs. It has crushed their cap space on, uh, on Matt Murray. It's great. It's awesome. Have yourselves a good night, everybody. I'm going to wind this one down here. Thanks for listening to Talkie and Audio. We'll catch you next time. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall can Audio on your favorite podcast app.